0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one professional wrestling radio show in Las Vegas. This is the Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Going bell to bell with the best in professional wrestling news, entertainment, and lots of Sin City surprises from inside the squared circle. Now, let's get to all the exciting pro wrestling action. And bring on the host. Here
1: is Mark Hoke. Good morning, Las Vegas. What's going on? Time to roll out another edition of the Mark Hoke Show. I am Mark Hoke. Thanks for being with us today. Here on KDON 101.5 FM, the talk of Las Vegas. This is going to be a terrific show, everybody. We are very excited as we get ready for a trip to Seattle. I don't know if that's a win or a loss, but we'll find out. But AEW Wrestle Dream coming up today. And it is going to be a sensational card coming from the Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington. And I will be there checking out the action and saying hi to everybody. We'll see if I bump him to MJF again. I don't know if he's going to be in a real good mood considering the possibilities of what could be taking place up there. So we'll keep an eye on all that for you, and you know, break it down for you next week. But today, man, I'll tell you what—a great opportunity for us here on the Mark Hoke Show as we got to welcome in Swerve Strickland. That's right, guys—the former NXT star, of course. You know, did Lucha Underground and Combat Zone Wrestling, and has just been everywhere in the pro wrestling world but has really hit his stride in AEW. And he's going to be joining us on the Mark Hoke show a little bit later on. So we are excited to get to bring you a great interview with Swerve Strickland. Man. And I'll tell you what, this is going to be kind of a mind blowing interview because we took it pretty deep. I was surprised, uh, you know, normally when we do these, you know, we kind of have a lot of fun with, but this one got uh, down in the weeds a little bit in terms of, Ring psychology and you know his background and it, just a terrific interview with Swerve and and we'll look forward to letting you hear that in just a little bit. Of course, AEW Wrestle Dream going on this weekend and we've also got some interesting WWE news as John Cena found a partner. Everybody, that's right. And we're not going to tell you who it is just yet. We'll save that for a little bit later on in the show too. So it's going to be a great one and we'll look forward to bringing it all to you. So of course, Wrestle Dream coming up, brand new pay-per-view for AEW as they begin to you know, start adding uh, some new pay-per-views in. Of course, the rumored deal with Max to stream AEW materials and content uh, as they look forward to kind of joining the WWE on the Peacock Network style uh, stuff. So this is going to be a very interesting era for AEW coming up. And Tony Khan mentioned that a lot. I got a chance to be on the media call with him uh, and a lot of the other wrestling media earlier this week. And he is pretty excited about what's coming up here in AEW and you know constantly saying it's a new era a new era and certainly the HBO Max deal would be a precursor to that but there's obviously another big uh, albatross hanging over everybody right now and that is what's Edge gonna do the former WWE superstar and I guess we can say that now because He has been removed from the Friday night SmackDown intro. He has not signed a new contract. And all of a sudden, everybody is thinking he is going to end up in AEW tonight at WrestleDream. Of course, longtime friends with Christian, who is at the moment the TNT champion. And a lot of people have been speculating about what that main event is going to be tonight because there's a ton of matches on the card, but... No true main event, the World Championship not being defended on this card. So everybody's kind of wondering what the last match is going to be as this show progresses. This is going to be a very interesting night for AEW. Now, one for, one issue that AEW is having with this, not a really high-attended event it's looking like. Of course, this is AEW's ode to Antonio Inoki, the longtime Japanese wrestler promoter was even a politician in Japan. And Enoki's family is going to be there. Of course, Antonio passed away last year. But right now, the attendance figures, at least tickets sold, are, well, I hate to say it, they're looking a little shaky. I guess Seattle you know, is kind of buried in the Mariners and everything else and being dreary up there. But right now, as of yesterday, only fifty six hundred tickets were sold for this. They have the building set up to hold seven thousand five hundred sixty six fans. The arena has a capacity for seventeen to eighteen thousand. So, AEW Wrestle Dream they kind of threw this together a little late, and I don't know if that's going to bite them. But it looks like it's not going to be a ton of people up here for what really is going to be a great card. I, you cannot debate that AEW always puts on a great wrestling show, but I do think that maybe they should have gotten a little more time to hype this thing. And of course, we're just coming off AEW all in at Wembley stadium followed by AEW all out. So a a lot of, a lot of AEW getting sent to us. And of course, you know, we also just had the AEW grand slam show up in New York as well. So, man, there's a lot happening with AEW, and, and let's hope that Tony and the gang isn't burning everybody out right now. But that's where it stands right now for Wrestle Dream in Seattle as we get ready for that great event tonight. It, it's still going to be a blast. There are a ton of great matches on this card. Uh, we're going to break it down a little bit more for you later on in the show. And once again, I'm Mark Hoke here on the Mark Hoke Show on KDON 101.5 FM, the talk of Las Vegas. As a lot of the other championships are going to be defended, except for MJF, who's going to be a little bit busy tonight. We mentioned that that he doesn't have a partner. And if you did not see the story, uh, we were waiting on the AEW Media call for uh, Tony to give an update on Adam Cole. Adam, when he ran down to the ring for MJF's match against Samoa Joe at AEW Grand Slam. He jumped off the ramp uh, to the ringside floor and started limping almost immediately. Well, right now, it looks like that Adam Cole is legitimately legitimately hurt. AEW sources confirmed that Cole is going to have surgery on his ankle and apparently broke it in a few places. I mean, this was a—if those X-rays were correct that they showed on AEW Dynamite, this was a pretty nasty break. And Adam Cole is going to be out for a while. And just when Adam Cole was on the verge of really breaking through in AEW, and he and MJF had been selling merchandise like crazy, I had actually asked Tony Khan about MJF's role in AEW. And, you know, do they prefer him as a baby face or do they prefer him as a heel? And Tony kind of rode the line a little bit on that one, but did mention that, of course, the better than you baby shirts have been selling out like crazy. But Adam Cole is sidelined. He came out, you know, with a, pretty much with a cast and a boot on on crutches. They had him do a little promo with MJF on a boat and he was on crutches there as well. So it's looking like Adam Cole is going to be out for a while. I mean, this looked pretty serious. So this could be a few-month absence for Adam Cole. But in the meantime, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, well, of course, is one half of the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. And just about when Adam Cole was going to relinquish the belts, MJF said, no, no, no. Not giving them to the righteous, are you kidding me? I'm gonna take them on myself. You know, you were kind of hoping somebody was gonna come out to help MJF, maybe Roderick Strong, you know, was gonna fill in for his friend and you know start a little triangle there, but didn't happen. And it will be MJF taking on Vincent and Dutch, the righteous, for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships at Wrestle Dream. So, Maxwell Jacob Friedman is going to be going at it on his own. And right now we'd have to say that the righteous should be walking out of Seattle with the ring of honor world tag team championships. But you got to wonder if there's a curveball coming in there somewhere. You you can't imagine that they're going to leave MJF out there all alone, but who knows, Uh, but I am excited for Vincent and Dutch. The righteous have been doing some great work in ring of honor, especially if you don't know Vincent, you he was, Part of a the Kingdom stable in Ring of Honor for quite a while with Matt Taven, and they just did some amazing work and you know it'll be fun to you know see what those guys can do. They put together a, a terrific promo on Dynamite this week getting ready for this match and you know we'll we'll see if MJF can hang on and you know maybe keep the titles, which would be unreal or if he gets a substitute partner. And you know, if Adam Cole can find somebody to fill in, maybe Bert Baker should do it. That'd be something. But Maxwell Jacob Friedman will be trying to hang on on his own. But once again, we are on the Mark Hoke Show here on KDON 101.5 FM, the talk of Las Vegas. And uh, just getting back to the situation with Edge, a lot of people speculating if he's going to show up tonight. And, of course, Christian defending that AEW TNT title against Darby Allen, who is from Seattle. Darby's actually won that title there before. And a lot of people think that if Edge is going to make his debut, that's going to be it. And they're going to have the main event be Christian and Darby Allen, who've been doing some terrific work leading up to this. Of course, Christian claiming the AEW TNT title officially after he pinned his good friend Luchasaurus in a three-way match with Darby and so the belt was transferred from Luchasaurus to Christian who had been carrying it the whole way anyway but boy I'll tell you what a game changer that would be for AEW if Edge shows up tonight and Seattle is gonna go crazy if it ends up being Edge making his AEW debut boy that and and it just seems so strange it's it's one of those things where this is a guy who's been a WWE for his entire career. And of course he suffered that massive neck injury that had him out for nine years. And you felt like the story didn't get finished in WWE, even though you had a great finish with him wrestling Sheamus on SmackDown to what apparently could be him wrapping up his AEW career, or WWE career. But man, edge in AEW would be something else. And, if, if Tony Khan did pull that off, oh boy, it's gonna rock the wrestling world for a while. So we'll see if Edge ends up showing up tonight in Seattle for Wrestle Dream, and uh, of course some other matches on the card. Uh, like I said, we're gonna break this all down for you. But we have what a lot of people thought would be the should be the official main event is gonna be a great technical match between Brian Danielson and Zack Saber Jr. And for those of you that haven't seen much of Zach; He mostly has been wrestling in Japan, but the two of them are really regarded as the best technical wrestlers in the world. So it's going to be very interesting to see uh, what happens with that uh, match as uh, Brian Danielson is the betting favorite on this one, but he and Zack Sabre Jr. are going to be going at it tonight, and that should be a absolutely sensational match as we get ready to move forward here for Wrestle Dream tonight. All right, so let's head to that break. And when we come back, we're going to hear from AEW superstar Swerve Strickland. Oh, man, pretty excited about that. You're going to love this interview that we have with Swerve. So stick around here on the Mark Hoke Show, here on KDON, 101.5 FM. The Talk of Las Vegas will be right.
0: Now, let's return to the Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Here again, your host, Mark
1: Hoke. And we are back on the Mark Hoke Show here on on KDON 101.5 FM, the talk of Las Vegas. It is the best in pro wrestling news and entertainment in the city, in the state, the country. Ah, why not just say the planet? Because that's what we do here. Very happy to have you with us. I'm Mark Hoke and we are getting for and we are getting for re- and we're getting ready for Wrestle Dream in Seattle and with that we got a chance to sit down and talk with AEW superstar Swerve Strickland so let's hear the first part of that interview and check out what Swerve had to say we are very excited to have one of the coolest cats in AEW on the show I can't tell you how thrilled I am, and the guy who's out from my neck of the woods, you know, the home in Tacoma, but uh, spent a lot of time in York County and Lancaster County, Swerve Strickland is on the show. Welcome, buddy. What's
2: going on, man? Appreciate you for having me.
1: Hey, thanks a lot for coming on. Hey, first question I got to ask you is,
2: how's your hand? It's injured, man. (laughs) It's injured. It's really messed up, but mission accomplished. Only I could pull that out of Hangman Page right now.
1: That was a terrific job with uh, last night on AEW Dynamite, of course. Yeah, you kind of got to the Hangman a little bit, and he stabbed you in the hand with a pen in that contract signing, man. That's some good psych work on your part.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could say that. <laughs> you can say that. Yeah, I'm an agitator, and that's what I do.
1: Well, you did a great job. You know, you haven't been on our show before, so want to give everybody a little bit of background about you. Tell everybody a little bit about where you're from and. You know, the military service and everything that you went through before you got into wrestling.
2: Two weeks out of me graduating high school, I went to the military. I went down to Fort Jackson, South Carolina, and I was. I graduated from there and moved down to Augusta, Georgia, and I went to my AT school, which was uh, Signal Support Communications. So I did that for about like six months, and then I came back to Pennsylvania in the York area, and I lived up there for about a couple months and um, that's where I was doing my drills, everything. That's where I was like, I have my my home base stationed at. But I was also I was a reservist. So I was working a regular job at the time. that I was not enjoying it. wasn't going anywhere. And it didn't take me long to be a board of it. So I just like, kind of like just dropped the job and moved down to Richmond, Virginia. I was going to like look to start professionally training, tr- training to become a professional wrestler because that's what all young 18-year-olds do. <laughs> and so my mom supported me. She didn't like laugh at it. She didn't think it was like a stupid thing and a bad idea. My mom was always like, "Yo, I want you to pursue what you want to do, but as long as I know you're safe and you're not out there doing wrong, you can do whatever you want to do and I'll always support you." So, I wasn't in the streets or nothing like that. I was just like, "No, that's what I want to do." And like, "How do, what do I need to do to make to have support from you to do this?" So, like, "Okay, you need to get a job or you need to go to school." And you need to and make sure you go do, do your drills at the same time. And then, oops, surprise, life happens. My oldest daughter was uh, about to be born soon. So I had to drop school and just do a job, military drill, and learn how to be a professional wrestler all at the same time. Wow. When I was 18 with very little money, living in Virginia, and my daughter living in Pennsylvania. So it's a four-hour drive. So I take those drives every couple weeks or a month for my military drills and to be – a daddy and all this other stuff at 18 years old. It was not easy, but perseverance is key to something like that following your dream. And when you're following a dream that early on with all those obstacles in the way of trying to pursue it, not everybody believes that you can do it. So, a lot of there's a lot of doubt and there's a lot of questioning was I doing the right thing? Was I being too selfish trying to pursue this while? like leaving responsibilities. But it was like, no, I know I can, I know this can work and I know I can push through and I know I can do all this. And like I said, once again, I wasn't really out doing anything wrong, but it was just the fact that I was facing a lot of odds in succeeding in this. So I got a lot of doubt, of course, but the more I pushed, the more I sacrificed, the more I drove through to actually become something. And that was all in the Pennsylvania area for very, very many years. And then I broke through eventually.
1: Well, I have to commend you, especially for doing that and driving Route 30 in York, Pennsylvania, because that is one of those miserable roads in the United States of America.
2: It's nothing like 95 in Washington.
1: <laughs> That's a little rough up there, yeah. too, I've heard.
2: Yeah, there's nothing like that. I, I, when we have to do shows, I really despise having to be catch Ubers to the arena and hotels and all that stuff. I truly despise that area just because of the travel. Not the areas itself, but just the traveling.
1: Understood. Well, of course, you also got rolling in, you know, in combat wrestling the, and of course, MCW and doing lucha libre. I mean, just all sorts of terrific things that you did as you worked your way up. Uh, tell everybody about your road on the independence.
2: Oh man, uh, it was always about networking and not being afraid to get up and move and go somewhere. So for me, it was like um, it was uh, a lot of packing up stuff. And just moving to where the action was, you know, not every place had a lot of action. There was like bookings you can make, but like, who's going to see you? Who's who's going to be meaningful to like see your work and get you to the next level? So Richmond, I learned to wrestle. I, tra- I got trained, and I had wrestled for a Ground Ground Zero Wrestling in Richmond for like I'd say about a year, and I learned all that I could. I've had the matches with like everybody on the roster at the, at the school and stuff. But I was like, okay, nobody's really seeing this. So like, So I ended up just like grabbing all my stuff and moving back up to Pennsylvania and staying with my mom up there. And I had one contact, and that's all I used to get to the show. That's where I met Adam Cole in 2010. I met him and Joe Gacy, and they had a really dope match. And I was like, oh, man, these guys are really good. This, these are the guys I, I need to be around. So I uh, exchanged information with them. Adam Cole got back to me months later and was, invited me up to CCW in late 2010. I started, I, I once again, packed up all my stuff, moved up there, got close to the action. I was all, and that was like in the outside of Philly area. And then I, that's where I really started like, come to the wrestling school. And I started training with Sammy Callahan, Drew Gulak. Rich Swann came back from Japan and on, on his tours from uh, Dragon Gate, working with him. Adam Cole would come through when he wasn't busy with Ring of Honor. And I just got around great talent at the time that's now like one of the top, top names in the industry today. And that's if there's anything that I could really like give advice to people that is on that indie grind, it's to get around the action, get close to the action, and stay around it you only get better working with people that are better than you and that are actually doing more and you want to be in the places that they are actually actively at and don't be afraid to like sacrifice and lose something in order to gain something greater
1: that sounds great and then of course did the work in mlw and then nxt and that's i think where the world really started to see it was on nxt and you did such amazing work there. What was the experience like in NXT for you?
2: It was a it was a great experience, but there was also times where I was like I know that I can offer more. I know that I'm being held aside because there's so much focus on the top of the card with with the stacked roster of guys that they've also they're also feeling the same way as well. They have their they have their opportunities, they're getting their chances because they've been felt feeling like they haven't been used to the best of their abilities. So now it's their turn to get theirs and get their opportunity to showcase that. So it was me, I was like, ah, man, it's like you can't just cut the line and jump in front of these guys that have been there or all that, but then there's the occasional guys that can jump the line and just get right to the top as soon as they're brought in. And that can be frustrating. So there's those frustrating times, especially when you have all this creative energy and you got all these different ideas that you can, like, truly just give something different and unique on the show. But at the same time, it's not your show and it's not necessarily your time to push that idea on because they have their plans as well. It's almost like you writing a movie and then somebody has an idea of like, you say you're writing drama and suspense, but, Oh, I got great horror. I could throw into this, uh, but I'm not writing horror right now. I'm writing suspense. We'll have time for horror. Don't know when it is. (laughs) Don't know when I need it, but we'll get to horror. But let me finish my suspense first. And that's what it feels like. But then, man, finally, when you get your chance to showcase that horror and you blow it out of the water and you make like a classic, then it's like, oh, man, I need a volume two. I need a volume three. I need a. I need to go into the next. Now we need to right. make a movie. out And that's where the NXT field and the WWE feel was for me. And I've seen it with uh, countless other people, too. When they get on, they get the time and they get the, show, the chance to showcase and changed the world, like pro wrestling and wrestling entertainment. Beautiful. But for me, AEW, I I didn't necessarily have that time to wait. It was cool to just come out and to be like, I got horror. Cool. We don't have horror. Show us what your horror is all about. Yeah. Boom. Here we go. (laughs) That's what AEW felt like. And just to have that type of opportunity, once again. No, like no different from like the like WWE's like roster as far as like fulling being stacked full of talent, but AEW is just jam packed full of talent and being able to just like showcase that and work with those guys is unlike any other place you could ever be. It's like one of the best. And then like you have Shibata that can just walk in here any chance he can. Then you have you know you got like Will Ospreay can just like fly over and then jump in there. It's like damn, this is a jam- this is just jam packed talent anywhere, you know. So it's rewarding when you know your ideas are being heard and they, at least they take a chance on it. Right. Like I said, it, it can always fail, but at least they take a chance on it.
1: Yeah, I think one thing that when everything happened with WWE and then you got into AEW, I think a lot of people were really excited. And I know I was one of them because I said, man, you know, he's going to get to turn it loose when he comes into AEW. And you did. I mean, you really started to open up and won the World Tag Team Championships with Keith Lee, which, you know, I thought you guys were really underrated as a tag team. I mean, even though we won the World Titles, some people are like, oh, what are these guys doing with the tag titles? But I thought you guys did a great, great job. What was that run like with Keith?
2: Oh, man, like, working with Keith at the time was a phenomenal uh, experience. Um, I I wish, like, I bet a lot of fans wish that we had those tag titles now or, like, we're (laughs) running around with them. And this time, because, like, a lot of the like, um, not to take any credit away from FGR. they're still putting out bangers. Like especially when what they just did with like Jay White and Juice Robinson. So like one of the best tag matches I've seen all year. It's incredible work. But I feel like there's a, a flux of the tag team division that we're still working on in a sense too. But man, like, I'm, like I like once again, I think people will do when we did tag. Me and Keith Lee did tag earlier this year against Darby Allen and Orange Cassidy. I feel like people were like, oh man, this is nostalgia. It was, nostalgia. it was not even like a year ago. Right. But, but they, there was like a, a little bit of nostalgia. And they were like, man, these guys, we didn't appreciate these guys when they were on top with the tag titles, doing very unique things, bringing out like the Rick Ross uh, accusations, gifts, and Kevin Gates, and like doing like all these different unique things. And like uh, you didn't know what was going to happen between us because there's always something unique about our entrance. Like, oh, are they on the same page? Are they going to the, the, like, is it going to go this way and stuff? There's always a story not between our opponents, but those stories between me and Keith Lee. That's what made our tag team kind of unique.
1: Yeah, it was. I, I thought you guys did a fantastic job. All right, and there you have the first part of our interview with Swerve Strickland from AEW as we get ready for WrestleDream. But I'm going to tell you what, the man's got a lot more to say coming up as we're going to be talking about what's going to be going on up there his match with Hangman Adam Page how he changed his ring psychology, and a whole lot more. Uh, just a fascinating interview with the AEW superstar, Swerve Strickland. So, guys, stick around. We've got a whole lot more coming up for you here on the Mark Hoke Show, on KDON, 101.5 FM, the talk of Las Vegas. So stick around. We've got a lot more. Plus, don't forget, we got some WWE news, too. John Cena found a friend. Isn't that great? Stick around. We'll be right back here on the Mark Hoke Show on Don.
0: You're listening to the number one professional wrestling radio show in Vegas. The Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show.
1: Now, here again is Mark Hoke. And we are back on the Mark Hoke Show here on KDON 101.5 FM, the talk of Las Vegas. It is the best in pro wrestling news and entertainment. And we just got to do a terrific interview here with Swerve Strickland from AEW. And let's get to the second part of that interview and hear more of what Swerve had to say about what's happened in Seattle and a whole lot more. But then when that team broke up and you got things rolling with yourself, <laughs> is where I think it really took off for you. And it seems like you were able to then blossom this new character that you have where you have just become so villainous and so devious in what you're doing out there in promos and, and how you're behaving in the ring, man, it, you took it to a new place that I didn't even know that that gear you had that gear. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool to watch.
2: Uh, I, I appreciate that. Uh, Cause it's honestly, and I'm not trying to be like that guy with um, putting race in the thing, but you don't see African-Americans really play that kind of role in a human form. Usually you see a boogeyman, you see a Kamala, you know, you see Papa Shango, you see those those type of characters. But you don't see like a regular person like who's a real human play those roles a little bit in that sense. And I saw uh, something that was really original and o- an opening, I could say, to take that leap and like, let me try it. Let me do it. Let me, cause I truly, and, and I truly believe in the words that I'm saying. I truly believe in the P pe- the person that I'm attacking or going after. I truly believe in their character. Cause like I'm, I- I'm at a point in, I feel like it was, that was the turning point for me being at that point. I didn't study wrestling anymore. I studied people. Hmm. And that's where it really turned around. I'm like, okay, I know what you can do in the ring, but who are you in that ring? Who are you outside of the ring, more importantly? How do I attack that? And then that's where it got into the ring. When I looked at it that way, is where a lot of things started uh, changing. And then I started changing with it. I'm like, okay, what aspects of me losing or me going this way or these things that are changing on the show that are out of my control, what can I use to that to take that and change my character and make me go this path now. Now you're seeing the way I'm talking, my hair, the certain aspect of my look is a little different and unique, all because I came out of a coffin not that long ago. Yeah. So that affected that affected me in some sense. So like, okay, I'm gonna take that and make this now. Now this is where I I have to go now because this happened to me. And it's now now I'm causing things to happen to hangman because this happened to me and now I'm just having that same effect on him. And that's like I said, I'm not studying wrestling anymore. I'm studying people.
1: I think that's terrific. And and, it, and it's definitely showing for sure. You talked about getting stuck in that coffin, but, you know, and that was kind of unfortunate. But talk about the experience at AEW All-In and performing at Wembley in front of all those people. When you think about where you had come from and when you walked through that curtain to see that scene, what was that like for you?
2: I didn't get to feel it yet till after I did it. (laughs) Uh, At that point, I had to just be that guy. I had to be the guy that knows I need to be. I I know I'm here for a reason. I know the consequences of if I lose this match, it's me going in a coffin. You know, (laughs) like I had to be like it was almost like the prize fighter walk to the ring and in a big, big uh, Showtime boxing fight. You know, that was the mentality I was really in. I saw the people, but I didn't see the people at the same time. In a sense, I heard the music, but I didn't hear the music at the same time. I got on the mic and took that moment just to like do who's house, where's house. I was like, that's like that, that just that that call out just to establish, I know that I know that y'all know what y'all seeing. I was, in a sense, you know, it was like a little bit of a flex, just like okay, so y'all know my name, y'all know why y'all here, y'all know who's in this ring right now, you know, and it's to let the the audience know that they know. Who they're watching.
1: Yeah, it was an amazing day, and uh, I'm thrilled you got to be a part of it for sure. But now we're moving on to Seattle, your home area. We have Wrestle Dream coming up. And tell everybody a little bit about this pay per view first, because we're starting to see AEW expand into doing more pay per views. And obviously, this one being kind of an, an ode to Antonio Inoki, and you get to do it in your hometown too. Tell everybody a little bit about this pay-per-view and what it means to AEW and to you.
2: Well, well for one, Tony Khan and AEW have always been big on tradition and carrying on tradition, and Tony Khan was a big fan of Antonio Inoki, Russell Dream, those were the those were the shows, the events that he grew up watching and the, during the tape training time. So right now what I'm seeing what's, what's important to me is it's building a new tradition for 2020 the year 2020 and and beyond this, this generation is getting to experience something like that. And then it's like, it's almost like um, you're passing down what you watch to your children and the next generation and to carry on that honor tradition, you know, man, like I can't bring you back to where I was watching this and sit hearing that music and experiencing it. But now we have a W to bring it to the next generation. So you can hopefully feel what I felt when I first saw this originally. And that's the the fun part about the true wrestling fans. That do go back with the history of Antonio Inoki and Russell Dream, and to do that in Seattle, that's where it becomes important to me that we I'm a part of like a time honored tradition, passing it forward in my city, in my hometown, and to be a part of that, and to just be able to be one of the marquee matches to uh, promote that on Dynamite and then going into Seattle and Russell Dream, that's a huge honor c- c- coming from where I've all the like the pitfalls of like being let go from here. Being signed here, winning tag titles here, coming down here, and then building back, building it back up to here from all in—that's a lot of momentum I'm having from all that, and carrying over to Wrestle Dream is big.
1: Then, of course, you're going to be taking on Hangman Adam Page, the former AEW World Champion. Of course, we're on with Swerve Strickland, by the way. You put a, a heck of a promo out there on him first to start this whole thing off, where you really challenged him and you called him out. And you know you talked about getting into people's heads and getting to know people a little bit. How much of that played into you calling out the hangman?
2: They call me the realist for a reason. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, that's exactly what it was. It's like we all see this. Why is nobody saying anything about it? No, nobody's gonna say it. All right, I'll be the bad guy in the room and say it. And that's what that energy was. I, like I said, I listen and read everything out there. I don't always acknowledge everything, but I definitely listen and read everything. I gauge it because, once again, I don't study wrestling. I study people. And there's common denominators with listening to a lot of bullshit and a lot of good critiques and honest critiques and hearing all this. You can you got to filter it out. But there's common denominators with certain things. And I was like, hmm, OK, that's something that I can tap into. Mm, OK, I can touch on that. Uh okay, people do see that, but nobody's said it yet. I'm gonna be the one to say it then, and I'll bring it to light, and I'll do it in a unique way. But that's also me finding my own voice too to actually deliver it in a way that people are like, wait, hold up, this is this is kind of different. I'm a little sit a little closer because he's saying some stuff that I've been thinking, but I never actually said it out loud, and mm-hmm. nobody's actually said it out loud. And then now that's kind of like the same energy it carried over to the last night's dynamite too. It was like. Well, I'm gonna say this, and this is why I feel the way I do. I'm not ashamed. Is it wrong? I feel the way I do. Actually, it is. But I don't care. I need that. That's my fuel. That's my fire to come at you. I said this before. It's like, yo, like we couldn't. I said a line that like I make an enemy out of somebody every single day, and that's what fuels me. And we couldn't be more opposite from one another. But the more this story unfolds, the more we have these promos, these back and forths, and these talking segments, and like, he has the backstage sit-and-talks, and I have the backstage sit-and-talk. People are going to understand. Well, actually, they're more similar than a lot of – than they're actually putting on. So, like, they're coming from, like, two different privileges of pro wrestling, in a sense. So we're kind of telling the story of privilege without actually saying it. There's a lot more depth to these things than what goes on. Like, oh, oh man, you had some rain and that showered on your day, and you – oh, you had these little things and these oh these – Oh, you had setbacks. Oh, boo hoo. Like, I haven't had setbacks. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, like, oh, man, like, you, you felt like you weren't being listened to and treated. And, oh, you like, that's why your motivation. Like, well, yeah, I haven't been listened to either. Yeah, I have had people screw me out of opportunities left and right, but they didn't stop my motivation. Every, and I don't have the opportunity to just sulk in my sulk in that. I have to fire up and motivate, or else you don't see me. He does, he can do that because he's an elite member. So he can sulk and he can, st- he can lose his smile and his motivation and still be okay and be on these pay-per-views and float and do these death matches with the with, uh, freaking Moxley. I don't have that luxury. So that's where kind of my, my character is like targeting him. It's not necessarily hangman page. It's whoever was in a spot like that. It just happens to be hangman page.
1: Well, what can we expect from this match and this pay-per-view coming up? Tell everybody, you know, got a chance to sell this thing to everyone. Let's do it.
2: Think of a physical version of that. (laughs) (laughs) Of, like, someone who had to go through ebbs and flows and ups and downs, who would get kicked to the curb, not necessarily being their fault, not necessarily being the problematic one, actually being the good soldier having to be cast away and then having to find work and then work hard to get the job and then work even harder to keep the job versus someone who is going to have a job regardless. It's it's the starving versus the fed, if that makes any sense. Double entendre there if you want to look into it that way. This is the guys who had to survive from underneath and build and fight and scrap and take in whatever way we had to versus the ones that no matter what was taken off their plate, they were always going to get served another plate of food. That's what we're looking at. It's the privilege and the fight and of man, you lost it. I'm gaining it. You lost your motivation. I'm gaining it. And if you keep feeling like that, you don't have that fire anymore. I'm going to take advantage of that because I've always had a fire brewing in me. It doesn't go out. It doesn't flicker. And now that he's starting to come out and like starting to roar a little bit, he's starting to get his little roar back from last night. Mm, it might be too a little too late mm-hmm. for that now. Might be a little too late. Who knows? But you got to watch Russell Dream this Sunday to see that and see the outcome of that and see the actions that. Who knows? It's not always that. This is not always the person that treat that does the wronging gets penalized. Sometimes it's the people that the loved ones get penalized and get punished for that person's actions as well.
1: No, it's going to be a terrific pay per view. Coming to you live from Seattle at the Climate Pledge Arena on October 1st. AEW Wrestle Dream. It's going to be Swerve Strickland taking on Hangman Adam Page. It's going to be an unbelievable match. And Swerve, I want to thank you for coming on the Mark Hoke Show, man. It's a pleasure to get to talk to you. And I'll be up there, so I'll look forward to seeing this one live.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you for coming out and supporting, man. Appreciate you. You got it. Have a great day, bud. You too. Thank you.
1: And there you have it, Swerve Strickland from All-Lead Wrestling, the AEW superstar, getting ready for a massive match for him tonight at Wrestle Dream. I mean, this is going to be a big one for him as he gets ready to try to take the next step in his AEW career. A win over Hangman Adam Page gets him a win over the Elite. It gets him a win over a former AEW world champion. This should be a massive, massive effort for Swerve Strickland tonight. And just two terrific performers, too, and a real contrast of styles. Of course, Hangman Adam Page, one of those more grounded guys, wants to beat the crap out of you, and Swerve is going to fly and fly and fly. And, of course, if you haven't seen him wrestle lately, he's going to bring a little brutality, too. So no holding back on this one. Should be a great night. With AEW Wrestle Dream. And of course, you can watch that on Bleacher Report. It's also available on all your other favorite pay per view outlets. And they usually show it at some movie theaters here in town, too. So you can grab a little popcorn, pull up on the big screen, kick back, take it easy, bring the family, and check it out. It's going to be a terrific card tonight for AEW Wrestle Dream. And when we get back, we're going to break that card down for you. It's a long one, but a very good one. So we want you guys to stick around and join us for hour number two of the Mark Hoke show here on KDON 101.5 FM. The talk of Las Vegas. We'll have that. And of course, a lot of WWE news as we're getting ready for WWE Fastlane too. We'll have a few matches on the card so far, because that's coming up on October 7th. So A lot happening in the world of professional wrestling, and we've got it all covered for you here on The Mark Hoke Show. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Mark Hoke Show, Facebook The Mark Hoke Show, MarkHokeShow.com, and subscribe to us on YouTube, too. We'll get that updated. Just keep it a little busy, but please check that out as well. And, of course, we also have that interview with Swerve Strickland live-streamed on there, too, so you want to check that out. We'd appreciate it. Stick around. Hour number two of The Mark Hoke Show coming up. Here on KDON, 101.5 FM, the talk of Las Vegas. We'll be right back.